Welcome to the Moving Forward Podcast. This is your host, Corey Cottrell, uh, and uh, your co-host, Mr. Rio Verdinier. Hey, guys. Uh, who is now running the uh, Rio's uh, Bougie Tea Service, uh, which if you're a member of our Patreon, you can actually uh, sign up for the $20.20 thing, where you're going to get, uh, uh, every time we put out a new tea treat design, you're actually going to get one as a subscription. This is a brilliant yeah, new. Yeah, and the, the, we have an artist uh, from the Andrew Yang, artist for Andrew Yang Group, who is currently nice. <laughs> illustrating me and Corey uh, eating tacos <laughs> nice. for, the, for the first shirt. So I want to formally definitely jump in there, yeah. I want to formally apologize for not ending the show last show with uh, Andrew Yang as our taco, um, and need to put that. Need to put that. Yeah, well, and at the ten dollar level, uh, you guys get uh, Corey's kick-ass uh, sticker press, <laughs> so you'll, you'll you'll get you'll get the uh, the design as well. Uh, yeah, in, the, the in sticker form. Yeah, the logo for that sub company is definitely going to be me as a centaur kicking Trump in the face. Uh, <clears throat> not I to like it. contone or recommend violence. Um, it'll be a cartoon. I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so we're going to be talking about uh, uh, controlling the cost of higher education uh, and making community college affordable for all, which is more or less the same equation, uh, but we'll just dig into them. And, uh, it's and coming at the same problem from two angles. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Uh, so, uh, controlling the cost Kinda of higher like education. Kind of like our show. That's what we do, man. We come at things from two angles. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> so th those of you who are on Patreon can see that I just cast a spell. <laughs> I was going to say, he, lit Rio literally did a wizard move. And unless you see the video, it just won't make yeah, sense. Yeah, but my, my powers aren't as high as Shane's because I don't have a beard. <laughs> Dude, no one's powers are as high as Shane's. That, that guy is like the progenitor of all giant. Wizards. Like he literally, I'm pretty sure, was an extra in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Legit. Yes. <laughs> I love that guy. Uh, so college tuition has exploded over the past several decades. For the baby boomer generation, a college student could hold down a summer job to pay a substantial portion of their tuition, if not the whole thing. Today, that student would be lucky to cover the cost of their books. With tuition increasing by as much as 440% over the past quarter century, too many students are being saddled with over $100,000 in student loan debt before they even start their adult lives. Despite the astronomical endowments and high tuition costs that students are willing to bear, education hasn't become any better. Schools uh, uh, need to get back to their ideals, education and service of their students and their country. To do so, they need to get their tuition under control. Uh, the quote, I have two kids and I'm frightened of what college costs today. Most of the money is not going to professors, it's going to administrators. If it doesn't directly impact the student experience, universities should take a long look at it and rein in their costs. It's likely that schools are not up to the task of bringing down their own budgets uh, and government will have to help them scale back and become more cost efficient. Um, so problems to be solved. College tuition is too expensive, forcing students who want to attend to either give up or take out student loans in an amount that will saddle them with debt throughout their lives. Uh, colleges have skewed incentives based on a ranking system to invest in the wrong things. There are limited incentives for schools to be more cost efficient and student directed. Taxpayers are subsidizing the students at rich universities when those schools should be investing their own money in their students or domestic expansion. Uh, great new schools rarely crop up despite the demand for them. That's actually a really, really good point. Um, that I had never thought of before. So as President Andrew Yang will explore gradual phase-in of a desired ratio of administrators to students of 1 to 30 as a condition of public funding as opposed to the current 1 to 21. The ratio was 1 to 50 in the 1970s. If we can get back to that level, then college will be much cheaper. Uh, work with the Department of Education. Do well, you want to touch on that one? Kind of go through part by part. Uh I mean, I don't, <laughs> that's just a good idea. I, I, I don't know. <laughs> well, how about you, Corey? What, 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 what you want to riff yeah, on that? I didn't even know that thing that was real. Like I didn't know, I didn't know that was how they were throttling it before, um, which is just more proof that we are not a straight capitalist system. 
<laughs> well, it's a, it's a good idea. I mean, it's, you know, it has a proven track record. Like why not just right. go back to what was working before? Exactly. Yeah. Go back to one to 50, except that, you know, they, I can get to how they want to do like a phase in because it's going to cause some economic discomfort for some people. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. So work with the Department of Education to create uh, an information database on all post-secondary education uh, institutions focusing on information such as average debt of a graduating student. This is harsh and savage, and I love it. Average debt uh, discounting students who don't take out loans, um, average salary of a recent graduate, um, and average salary of a graduate 10 years out. And the reason why I think this is so important um, is that, you know, I think post-secondary education now uh, they're still training people for an economy that's dying fast. Um, and, and, you know, being able to track those numbers, that means that you can actually make a capitalist economic decision yes. around. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So, so instead of, instead of going to quote the best school, which in a lot of cases is the most expensive one, uh, you'll be able to say like, Hey, what's the ratio between how much it's going to cost me versus how much I'm actually going to make when I get out. Right. Uh, that's a that's basically a direct application of Yang's uh, human capitalism approach, uh, yep. specifically to higher education. But yeah, oh, you know, yeah. I love the idea. Like, make those make those numbers public. Uh, you know, make sure that they're accurate. Uh, hashtag math. Um, yeah. No. Totally. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Yeah. So that it could it could very well be that the best school for you is actually maybe one that it doesn't have as much prestige. Yeah. Although I suppose after having this in effect for a couple of decades, it yeah. might end up being the most prestigious school. Like, I mean, if you be. have one where your, your earnings, your, your, the ratio of your po post-graduation earnings to the cost of the education is really how you should be evaluating schools. It, it's, it's so clutch. And at the end of the day, it, like in the same bit where you're talking about, there hasn't been any incentives to get better. Um, this, this means that like the, the Korean Rio school for uh, consensus building that we would start out we would have an incentive to keep costs extremely low and to track aggressively all of the amazing. So we're now we have an incentive to place people at the end. It just, it, it, it's such a beautiful measure um, and allows people to, uh, to better apply capital uh, in their own, uh, when, in their own we, lives. when we, when we take the show on the road, that's what we should call it. The Korean Rio school for consensus building. <laughs> Is that, is that an acronym? Let's make it an acronym. Okay, I'll throw that out to the listeners. You guys come up with a funny acronym for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whoever, whoever makes a logo for that gets a million shipple. Uh, stipulate that any university that receives public funding cannot increase its cost by more than the rate of annual median wage growth the year before. That's, again, feedback loops, right? Uh, stipulate that the president of any university that receives public funding must meet once per year with a group of alumni to discuss their job. Whoa, that's two things. We got you. You jumped ahead there. I yeah. did. Sorry. Okay. So stipulate <laughs> that any university that receives public funding cannot increase its cost by more than the rate of annual median wage growth. Um, I like that. Now, obviously, the free market position is that they should be able to charge whatever they want. But when you have public funding involved, it's uh, that's that's not really part of the private market anymore. Right. It's now taxpayer funded, and when it's taxpayer funded, the government has every right to demand that it meet a certain efficiency level. Um, well, and also if you think about it, it's really screwy that we have situations. This is not capitalism; it's kleptocracy. When you have situations that they're taking they're taking taxpayer money, they're they're giving it to um, institutions and then the taxpayer is expected to pay for it all over again. That's you're paying for it twice, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I <clears throat> so in situ in situations where the taxpayer is funding something, we should be at the very least, we should be ensuring that the savings from that are being passed on to the taxpayer. So that they're not being charged twice for the same service. That's smart. 
Um, it's funny too. I thought I thought the, these were going to be just like short ones, but uh, Yang has thought this through apparently. Uh, stipulate that the president of any university that receives public funding must meet once per year with a group of alumni to discuss their job prospects, um, and it should all be on tape. Uh, <clears throat> in my personal opinion, yeah, that's great for alumni, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's the <laughs> yeah. thing. Like they they they're already pretty influential, but the thing is, right now rich alumni are the most influential and this would this would be a situation where like anybody whether you're rich or not you know if you if you you if you're an alumnus and 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 you're you're not rich you still have influence over the school which is great yeah um so amend or modify the u.s news and world report rankings and eliminate the ability of any university to compensate administrators with incentives tied to their rankings any opinion on that uh, I mean, again, I, 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 I'm assuming it only applies to schools that get public funding, which is, which is a lot of schools at this point, right? I mean, I if you have a purely... Joe, I think this is all of them. Oh, well, all right. I mean, there, there, there are situations where the government should, um, you know, for example, um, accreditation, right? So you can have a private school, you still have to meet accreditation standards. I think that is generally a good idea. Um, I don't know how Trump University got around that. <laughs> Uh, well, they didn't. They got a massive fine. Um, yeah. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you're right. They didn't. I mean, the, he was he was definitely caught with his hand with his hand in the. Uh, the yeah. Lobby. No, they 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 settled to make it go away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So require all universities with endowments of over thirty billion. Here's looking at you, Harvard, uh, to contribute one percent of their total endowment each year, three hundred million plus a year, to the founding and operations of a new university in Ohio until it becomes self-sustaining. At which point, another community will be identified. The Harvard creates a university. Yeah, that's a oh, really listen, 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 listen. This is yeah. called the Harvard creates a new university in Ohio tax. <laughs> <laughs> I, that's cheeky. I love Yang's sense of humor. He's a funny guy. You know, the cool thing about Harvard oh, is that's uh, funny. <clears throat> Yeah, uh, you know, Harvard does actually make it so that it doesn't cost, you know, they, they, they truly give scholarships uh, to people. I mean, it's, um, yeah. it's an expensive school, but it doesn't actually cost the students anything unless they come from a, a very rich family. Yeah. So that's a good thing. Um, and, and one, they, they have a huge endowment. So 1% of, I'm not, I'm not 1% of their endowment, but 1% of, of the growth on their endowment, I would assume is how that works. Yeah, and I, I, yeah, because I think he's assuming. Because otherwise, after a hundred years, their endowment is well. I guess it wouldn't be zeroed out because the one percent would shrink over time. Yeah, the idea how... is they're making ten percent on that per year on average, right? right? And so taking one percent of that is not a problem. No, not at all. And that's that, a lot of money because their endowment is massive. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? So yeah. that's that's they're, the thing. they're like they're like I think they're the I think they're the second richest nonprofit after the catholic church like they've got buku bucks yeah they're super fucking loaded yeah the (laughs) harvard harvard creates a new university on ohio tax hard yes from that's just a well that's just well named that's just yeah he's good at names perfectly cheeky he is good at names you know how many times he's called something socialist fucking zero times uh revisit the tax exempt status for schools that have more than enough money to fund their operations and aren't investing that money back into the students at that institution that seems like a no-brainer uh, invest in and support schools that are innovating and growing. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's a little vague, but I mean, it's a good general principle. Um, I I guess what I, 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 you know, there's a lot of stuff that I'm assuming Ying is planning to basically just pay for out of the general fund. Um, and these are not expensive. I mean, and also saying, saying invest, I mean, I guess it's sort of implied that we're not going to invest more than we can afford to invest. But you know what he would do though, right? (laughs) Well, what do you do? 
he would take the metrics whereby the the school that for the last three years had the best uh, uh, debt to earnings ratio, right? And like he would fund that or maybe the, the one that was the newest that did that. He's going to take those ideas that are fueling the human capital gains that are now properly being measured for the average student. Um, and then yeah, well, and he then, should take that into consideration and more gasoline on it. Right. Well, and, it, and that, that, that's uh, that motivates the school to get that ratio. As right. As possible. To win. Yeah. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, competition is good. Uh, you know, more schools is good for competition. Um, and it's forcing schools to compete on, on terms that are actually good for students. Preach. So uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's great. I love it. Let's, uh, let's all right. That's that one. That's the whole yeah. thing. Uh, so uh, <laughs> we've solved all of that, but thank you. Uh, yeah. We, by reading it and agreeing with Andrew Yang, uh, make community college affordable for all. Uh, a lot of ink has been spilled over the skills gap, the space between, uh, skills, those seeking work have, and those hiring want, uh, there's a mm -hmm. simple so solution to this problem. And that is community colleges. Uh, all community colleges should be funded at a level to make tuition free or nearly free for anyone, especially those who are taking vocational classes. Uh, the government can be involved, but business should also be encouraged to invest in their areas, community colleges, both to create stronger ties to their communities and better access to this potential workforce. It's actually something that my uh, buddy that owns the, the big plumbing company here uh, talks about and, and works on a lot. Like it's, it's, there isn't enough plumbers. So there's like a legitimate, just even in that one silo. Uh, so the quote, community colleges have the potential to be uh, the great equalizer. Their costs are low and their students are exactly the kind of people who want to enter the middle class. Many students are balancing their studies with full-time jobs. We should invest in our community colleges to make attending them cost-free or nearly so as an elevator to the middle class. Uh, I, yep. Yeah, I mean, they, they due to, due to uh, you know, Pell Grants and things like that, they actually are already cost-free for a lot of people on a, a, a means-tested front. Um, so I'm reading Yang as essentially implying that he would do away with means testing then. Cause I mean, if, if you're, if you come from a, a poor family, it, community colleges already are, are cost free. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, by the way, America's education system, higher education system gets a bad rap. It's actually really good. My, my uh, wife um, has had the experience of, of going to both public and private schools in many different countries. Um, over the course of her life, including, um, you know, uh, countries like uh, Germany, which uh, have uh, more left-leaning education systems. And she actually, she said that she likes America's better because what's so beautiful about America's system is that you can have somebody who, you know, they didn't graduate high school, they get their GED in their 30s, they go to community college, and then they end up going to like Princeton or something for their PhD. That sort of thing happens all the time. And that's unique to America's system because we have this, this system that allows people to, you know, fuck up. And then when they've got their shit together, they're allowed to get back into the system at any point and, and they can, they can, they can work their way up. That is a, that is a beautiful, um, beautiful, purely American thing. And community colleges play an absolutely crucial role in that. So as president, Andrew Yang. <laughs> 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 yeah rant concluded go ahead yeah no, i'm not gonna i'm not gonna interrupt that um as president andrew yang will work to fund community colleges to a point where they can provide free or drastically reduced tuition to anyone from the community especially those taking vocational classes uh expand what classes are defined as vocational classes especially in it and computer science fields work to create incentives for businesses who invest in their local community 
colleges and provide co-working opportunities. Uh, a lot of that stuff is going on now. And I think like finding those ideas and making them more popularized and more organized will have a dramatic uh, effect for, uh, for everybody. So um, we wanted to keep it relatively uh, uh, short this time. Uh, we're actually going to uh, record a whole other episode right now. Um, thank you guys very much for listening and for sharing these uh, uh, episodes across all of social media and like private messaging them to uh, all of your friends, uh, especially just from me. Please send these podcasts to any Bernie supporter you come up with because I want them to hear me talking about the fact that a $15 minimum wage is only good in a vacuum. If there was no other good ideas, I would absolutely be for that. And it would come with its own problems, but it would, sell, it would do better. Yeah, if- yeah, dude, totally. Same thing with the right. You know, if you've got, you've got people who are still supporting Trump because they don't know that, that the Democrats have a far superior option and Andrew Yang send them and uh, let, let me like um, ease them, ease them into voting for a Dem. <laughs> legit, legit. And this is the thing, like they're like one of my favorite podcasts. I just, and I haven't, I haven't dug into it. I haven't had time, but. Uh, you know, Sam Cedar from, uh, uh, from the majority report. I listen to those guys all the time. Uh, they actually have like the only socialist I've ever actually, uh, uh, heard who identifies, but also actually sort of says what a socialist actually there is. There are so many of those, Corey. They're, I, they're not as rare as you think they are. I, well, that's, that's okay. Uh, like on, on the most lefty podcast I have ever listened to, there's one and they sort of joke about it all the time. So either way that that's, it's, it's a thing, but apparently, okay. apparently they recorded an episode with Scott Sentence and won't fucking play it because he's not sufficient because he's talking about the ubi oh that that pisses me off dude it that pisses pisses me off those are my people you can't fucking do that so at the same time it, this, this goes back to what we were talking about in the last episode where you you get dialed into a certain cause or certain cult of personality and any disagreement with the wrote things in that are going to start feeling like cognitive dissonance it, i am here to help them through that cognitive dissonance i will give you a hug the freedom dividend is better than any policy in america today period. It will bring more people out of poverty than anything Bernie Sanders has ever said. It's also, it's also because of an ideological difference though. I mean, if you're, if you really are on the hard left and your goal, your goal is to attack capitalism and create a situation where everybody is dependent on the government for your job. Uh, by the way, that's like, that's, that's going on in like, you know, like, uh, um, hungry right now like it, 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 it's it's no longer really a democracy and part of the reason it's not a democracy is because the the um the government has a, a total stranglehold over people's livelihoods they're afraid to criticize the government because if they do they're they'll lose their jobs when the government when people are too dependent on the government for their livelihood as a combination of a high minimum wage and a, a jobs guarantee would eventually cause that means that you no longer have a democracy yeah, I, I wish I could argue with that, but you're right. And I want anybody who's thinking about the federal jobs guarantee, again, in a vacuum, I love the idea of bringing out of poverty. Just imagine Donald Trump running that because that will eventually happen, right? It is yeah. it's corporate welfare. It's low income housing that are run by rich assholes. It's yeah. not good. They're just, it's not good. Um, and, and again, like thinking back to the, the post-war or the wartime economy when, uh, uh, you know, everybody really did have a job and there was a whole point or whatever, uh, and government really did have a, have a stranglehold on production, but it was to a point that, that did have some positive effects, but it can usually like in history, this has been done a bunch of times and it almost never works. So well, it's, it's well, the, the, yeah, exactly. The, the reason it worked is because we had, we still had a, a healthy private sector, right? Yep. That, so that, that's the, if you think about it, the, the, the greatest danger of automation 
is that if you have a combination of automation and a jobs guarantee where really the only way people can reliably, the average person can reliably get um, a livelihood is through the government, that's going, then the, it's not, it's not the fact that the government is employing people that's the problem, right? It's that the government is the only place that's employing, employing people in large numbers and there's no other way for people to get a livelihood. That's how democracy dies. Let's get, uh, we, we've got to be careful about that. Even with the jobs guarantee that is just supposed to be a net, right? I, like, that's how it's designed. When Bernie Sanders talks about it, it's not designed like, hey, we want to make sure that only government hires mm-hmm. people. That's not yeah, even but, part of his plan. But the problem yeah. is, like, even, even in that, where it's just a catch-all for poverty, which, again, in a vacuum, is something I would absolutely support, who's going to benefit really from that, right? People will be on, on subsistence wages, even if it's the minimum wage right now, because that's all it's going to be, right? Yeah. They, they might be doing things like freaking moving paper from one side to the other side. It's going to be corporate welfare, because the people that are running that will end up being private corporations. And those private corporations are going to end up making fuck tons of money that's all directed from the government. And like, we see that with low income housing it's well, what, it's or, or, or even if it's not, even if it's like, whether it's private corporations or public, it, it, the, the problem is when you have a majority of the population, a super majority of the population reliance on the government for their livelihood, you can't, th- that will That's, kill democracy. This that will thing, kill that, democracy. Right. I don't think that Bernie Sanders idea yeah no, I, I know he's not doing it intentionally Corey. but this is the problem that's part of the part of the reason we need a gen x tech savvy guy like yang and not oh, like I a totally cranky, right cranky yeah. cranky old man like bernie because he doesn't understand the way the 21st century economic economic system works right. and this frankly. is the thing like while <laughs> while what you're talking about wouldn't be a problem in any near-term situation it it puts us on that road in a way that we just don't need to because there's a better idea uh, not only that, but it is, I mean, it depends on what you mean by near term, but like within 20 or 30 years, could our democracy die as a con- direct consequence of Sanders's policy? Yes, it could. You're actually right about that. Yeah, no, I am. By the way, uh, we should probably talk about education just because you, you cut it off. You're like, here's Yang's policy. Okay, episode over. <laughs> Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I so I already pointed out that uh, it's something really beautiful about about um, about the American system where somebody can uh, can go into community college in their 30s or their 40s or their 50s and just start all over again. Um, and when you contrast that, you know, a lot of the countries like the UK and 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 uh, Germany and other places that have, I guess you could say, more social liberal economic policies or I'm not well economic and education policies. Yes, it's true that you can get tuition-free college and such in a lot of those places, although in the UK they're dialing that back um, because they're finding it's not affordable. But the downside of that is though they, because they can't afford to give it to everybody, they base it on merit, which, you know, on the one hand, I like that. But the downside of that is, is it means that if you're the sort of person who didn't, unless you had your shit together in elementary school, you know, by the time you reach like third or fourth grade, you're already on the government has already put you on a track. Yeah. They've said, like, again, this is based on my wife's own personal experience, right? They put you on a track where they say like, um, okay, well this, this person is going to, is we're going to put them on the college track and this person is not going to be on the college track. They make that decision very early on. And the American system where you have more individual liberty and where even if maybe you weren't, weren't the best student in high school, right? You can still work your way up by going into community college at whatever point. That is a better system. It's just a better system. So I think Yang is absolutely right to want to focus on, on making community college affordable because if somebody goes to community college 
and does well in community college, they're going to get a scholarship to Harvard or wherever the hell they want because our system is, is, is truly meritocratic as opposed to one where they expect you to have all your shit together at the age of 10. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I mean, I don't know about you, but I didn't. I at wouldn't 10? have gone to college if I had been in Germany because, because they would have been like, oh, this kid's clearly not smart. Well, it's not true that I wasn't smart. It's just that I was, I was having fun playing with my friends because I was a freaking kid. <laughs> yeah, preach. No, that, what you said is totally, yep. Now, now, the show, now someone can talk about a taco. Oh, yeah, yeah. Andrew Yang is our taco. Nailed it. Thank you very much for listening to the Moving Forward podcast. Uh, we are so excited to be bringing this to you, and we're so excited about the uh, the awesome community, the Yang gang that's growing up around the candidacy uh, of Andrew Yang. Uh, if you could, please tag us on Twitter with the hashtag MovingForwardPod and uh, find and join the Moving Forward podcast uh, group on Facebook. Thanks, and we'll see you next time.